Welcome to the Community Group Leadership Podcast, where we help community group leaders become better together. I'm Tyler Cherneski, and as a reminder, our goal in every podcast is to share with you some best practices, resources, and stories from across all our campuses regarding community groups. Now, today's topic is a challenging but important one. We're going to be talking about conflict in groups. So what happens when relationships and groups break down? What do you do when there's drama that won't stop? Uh, What's a proper response as a group's leader to some of the friction that can emerge in groups? And to answer some of those questions, I have with me today uh, a conflict expert and my boss and friend, uh, Gabe Coyle from the downtown campus. Gabe, uh, so glad you're here. It is an absolute pleasure to be here with you right now. (laughs) <laughs> the privilege really is yours. Um, but Gabe, we do have some questions uh, to guide our time today. And I, again, I really am glad you're here sincerely because you are so good in tense moments. That's something I've seen as a coworker with you. Mm. And knowing that those kind of moments can happen in groups, uh, I'd love to start with just a big picture question. Sometimes it, it can take group leaders by surprise when conflict mm-hmm. presents mm-hmm. itself because it's like, hey, I thought this was a church community group. Yeah. Uh, what are some reasons that conflict does occur even in Christian small group settings. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think sometimes we can come to the church and think that because people are pursuing Jesus, they've stopped being messy. And people are people wherever you go. Um, We're just striving towards maybe a different goal at the end of the day. And Jesus is the one who's definitely empowering us and working through us, but we're still broken. And everything, really everything in our world and our culture is really working against any sort of gospel-shaped community, any sort of deep, meaningful relationships. There's the broader, different cultural values that surround us that intensifies this, you know, this desire for individualism or isolationism that I can somehow make it on my own. The evil one, Satan himself, um, one of his greatest tactics is to try to destroy community because community centered on Jesus, empowered by the Spirit, is one of the most life-giving processes. Really, you, you can't grow in Christ without that. Yeah. And then secondly, or thirdly, rather, you know, just our own brokenness, the flesh, the indwelling sin that we're constantly fighting against um, by the power of the Spirit. All of these, this trifecta is working against community, continuing to flourish, Um even in, in spite of just Jesus being at the center and the spirit empowering people, those, those factors make it really difficult, really yeah, difficult. That's so true. So leaders don't need to feel like failures of conflict emerges in their group. It no. just happens, right? That's Stuff right. happens in groups. Uh, but when it happens, mm. we have choices of how we respond to it. So there's healthy ways, there's unhealthy ways. What are some unhealthy ways uh, you've seen Christians deal with conflict? Well, Christians deal with conflict in unhealthy ways the same way actually unchristians, non-Christians do, frankly, um, when we let sin dominate um, and when we let our insecurities take the wheel. Um, And so whether it's deception, whether it's doubt, or you have these uh, sinful desires, when sin breaks in and we let it take control, then we can brashly respond um, because we're responding out of sin rather than out of a gospel lens. We can respond in just ejecting from a group. So totally just running away from conflict or jumping in way too early to fight. Or I think the Midwestern favorite way is to go about passive aggressive. It's one of my favorites. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) Um, But no, seriously, I think, you know, you've got the the fight or the flight that can be accentuated by sin. Um, And then there's also the passive aggressive, which is this weird in between that sometimes takes on the language of sarcasm that can be one of the most toxic 
and frankly, some of the most confusing ways as to know which way to go forward and how to engage that kind of conflict. Yeah. So all these bad options, again, sound real familiar (laughs) to me. Uh, I've seen them too, maybe even the mirror even. Um, But it takes effort. I mean, as you said, so those Mm -hmm. are natural reactions. That's what I want to do if Mm -hmm. someone says something in a group that bothers me or ignores an email and that triggers me or something like this. Those are things I want to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, It takes effort not to do those things. So why is it worth it? Or what are even some biblical foundations uh, that give good grounding for, hey, it, it is worthwhile. It's worth the effort. It's worth the energy uh, to push for relational help in community groups? I mean, why is that so important? Yeah. I mean, Ephesians 2 would be a great place to go when you start thinking about this. The first 10 verses of Ephesians 2 is this magnificent reconciliation with God, us with God, our brokenness, we're dead to sin, and then God brings us back to life. But it doesn't stop there. Actually, when you go to verses 11 through 22, now you have a magnificent reconciliation, a whole new humanity that's made in Jesus, represented by Jews and Gentiles who have this historical uh, episodes of pain and violence one towards another, now being made into a new humanity. And that's what it means to be the people of God and what it means to actually grow. And if we can't live out these one another's with each other, if we can't... If we can't live in community with each other, like deep, lasting community, then that's a sign of our spiritual, uh, just how, how we can't grow spiritually without one another. So, for example, we say we love God, John says, and then we say we hate our brother. We're actually liars. Yeah. Because in community, that's where we not only grow in our relationship with God, but it gives us a great sharpening experience to realize both there's still brokenness within me and there's great opportunities for these fruit, this fruit of the spirit to grow through trials with one another. Does that make sense? Well, and that's why we've said all along that groups are places where we grow in relationship with God, one another, and with our neighbor, but specifically with God, one another, knowing those can't take place in isolation or those don't happen. It's separate lanes. It's usually together as we're working through conflict with one another with the power of the spirit, that kind of great spiritual growth is happening um, Mm -hmm. totally with you. I mean, very, very, very interconnected. And so if we've got a a biblical reason, a framework for Mm -hmm. wanting to endure with one another, grow with one another, work through conflict instead of ejecting, let's get really practical here. What are some practical things leaders can do if a conflict is emerging in groups? So either, Mm -hmm. you know, some group members aren't getting along or a leader with a member isn't getting along or anything like that. I mean, what are real practical steps that leaders can take if conflict is starting to erupt within a group? Well, step one is always to pray. You know, we are called to pray without ceasing. This is an important component. So when you come to a moment that just feels stressful, that feels overwhelming, of course, bring it before the Lord. Cast all your cares before Him. So step one is pray. It's not the last resort. It's the first step forward. And then secondly, is to look at the log in your own eye. Um, Before we can start ever start blaming somebody else for bringing and, you know, causing conflict, ask yourself, what part did I play in this? Hmm. Um, That's an important first step that Jesus reminds us of. Not that we stop there and that we always go on introspectively and self-blame, but we should do some introspection as to, okay, how did I contribute to this situation? That's so important. Then you ask, okay, how bad is this conflict really? Is this something? Am I being oversensitive? That could be possible. You know, is there a place where I need to let this roll off my back? Yeah. Um, there is a, a place to turn the other cheek. That is really important. And then there are other times, and, and sometimes you need 
wise counselors around you to help assess this process this and then there if it's you've kind of done the introspection is there a huge log in my own eye am i the cause of this first two do i just need to let this roll off my back or three okay i've done some introspection i've also let some things roll off my back i i need i need to confront this person um then that that becomes an important first step some of the worst things that you can do is if somebody causes conflict and then you try to bring like three people instantly, it feels oh, like you've yeah. bullied. And frankly, you haven't taken the chance to listen to somebody to kind of process and say, Hey, Hey, I, I might be wrong here, but this, this is what I saw happen. Um, so admitting you might be wrong is really good. Starting off with humility that you might've misperceived a situation. Hey, you know, this, this is how I kind of perceive that situation. This is how I, I felt in the midst of that. Is that true? And if after you have that conversation, it still feels toxic. It still feels like there's major uh, conflict happening there. Then reach out to one or two, especially your community group leader at that point. That would be a really great place to now start including other people. This is where Jesus is so brilliant in Matthew 18 when he's talking like, it's not the template for every level of conflict, but it sure is a great guide on how to approach people in the midst of conflict when your brother or your sister sins against you. And then after that point, um, if your community group leader and you are kind of in a space where you're thinking, okay, this is still not working, reach out to your pastor. Um, and you can do that at any point along the way, of course. Um, but I think there's still a good process so that person doesn't feel all of a sudden like, whoa, 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 this is totally got blown out of proportion. I was misunderstood. It's just good processes to respect the other person and also to have good humility within yourself on how you navigate conflict. Now, two other things that I thought would be helpful. If you're looking for resources, there's a really great book. It has a really cheesy cover, the one I have anyway. It's called The Peacemaker, A Biblical Guide to Resolving Personal Conflict by a gentleman named Ken Sandy. An excellent book in, in navigating all kinds of conflict, all the way to mediation and arbitration. It's a phenomenal resource. Or you can go to uh, Peacemaker. Dot net. Yeah, a dot wow. net. So there you go. Don't see that every day. No, it's it's a nice resource. <laughs> Just in case they couldn't afford the dot com. Sure. So peacemaker.net. And there's a really great ha handout that you can download that says, okay, what are some helpful steps in the midst of conflict that you can honor scripture, honor your brother or sister, and actually take steps forward towards reconciliation? That's the goal, right? Not to prove you're right. Not to prove the other person wrong, but to try to live in the gospel community that the gospel demands, the gospel creates, and the gospel promises. So those would be a couple of resources in the midst of that. Is there anything else you think I'm missing here? No, I just love that, Gabe. I mean, honestly, I when we were talking about guests on this podcast, specifically around this topic, you did rise to the top of the list because you are so good at conflict um, in the best, healthiest ways. The directness, the humility that you're talking about. I mean, I've experienced that. Did I, you know, did I miss something in this interaction? But then directly addressing it, having good pacing, not going from a level zero to a ten right away, right, just come right. up and I mean all those things. And so you breaking that down step by step, uh, both for me again, but then even for our listeners more broadly, I think that is such, such, such helpful framework to remember uh, when conflict might arise within a group. So sincerely, I mean, thank you. 
Really, really, really excellent stuff. Um, and so leaders, as you are leading in your groups, big takeaways to remember, uh, conflict happens. You didn't necessarily have to do anything wrong. Um, it just emerges when people are together in a group. So we don't have to be afraid of it, uh, but at the same time, we can choose to respond healthily. Uh, checking our own motives first, remembering to kind of take appropriate steps in a measured way, not overreacting right away, not withdrawing, but recognizing it's worth pursuing reconciliation. And then always knowing uh, that your community group pastor, the pastor at your church, whoever is that provides leadership to you as a community group leader is there as a resource, uh, ready to help you uh, navigate that well. I mean, please know that we're here to support you and that we're not um, embarrassed by conflict or ashamed by it, but just love to be as good of a resource and help as we can be when those things emerge. So thank you for the work you do leading our groups um, all across our campuses. It means the world to us and we're excited to continue to resource you and become better together. 